Welcome to Shrimp Cocktail, a dish best served cold, a place where the shrimps discuss our lives, housewives, and the time that Becky passed the cinnamon challenge. Hey guys. Hi. How are you doing, Becky? I'm holding on. How are you? Oh yeah. Uh, I'm doing pretty good. We wrapped up early. I'm done my work week. It's Friday, which Thursday, actually, but I heard you're not feeling well. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll get to the bottom of what's ailing me. It's not COVID. Yeah. So have you heard this Nickelodeon foot fetish conspiracy? The Nickelodeon foot fetish what? No. Conspiracy. No, I haven't heard this. So it's, this is crazy. I'm so surprised because obviously like the logo for Nickelodeon is like a giant foot, right? Is it? Okay, maybe you're right. It's an orange foot. Well, basically, like, they're saying that there was, like, a producer who was, like, basically a pedo with a foot fetish, and he would, like, take Polaroids of all the kids' feet and stuff and be like, oh, it's, like, fun and silly. And then, like, some some of the parents thought it was, like, random, but okay, but other parents were like, don't go in that room. Well, I've heard about the Nickelodeon pedophile of it all. Like, I've heard that before. I didn't know about the foot angle. Yeah, and if you look, like, back in, like, Amanda show and stuff like that, there's a lot of, like, foot humor. It's weird. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah, there was... <laughs> That's all you need to say. <laughs> yeah. I'm just surprised you haven't heard about it. It's, like, right in your face. Right in your foot. Yeah, it's, it's giving Tarantino. Tarantino. Have you seen anything else? What else are you watching lately? Um... Uh... What have I been watching? Um, we're watching this new, I think it's I think it's HBO. Maybe I'm getting the title wrong. I think it's called Cocaine Cowboys, but it's like a documentary series about like um, the cocaine uh, mob industry in Montreal in the 70s. And that's really cool. Oh, yeah. Um, we watched episode one last night and it's cool. Like, I mean, like the nerd in me likes seeing like old, shots of Montreal but it's about the Italian mob versus the Irish mob versus the Hells Angels and so that's really cool it was like Um, pretty cool yeah I mean like I'm envious (laughs) it's like that Miley Cyrus sketch done by our favorite Vanessa Bayer she's like it was like pretty cool yeah what else am I watching not anything really worth mentioning Nothing good. Garbage. No, yeah, just like not a lot. Yeah. Tell me a story, Becky. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what was it today? I saw, or like my friend, he um, brought it up to me. It's so funny. Do you remember Peter when you lived here? Green Panther, like the yeah, I love their falafel balls. Can I read you? They're about us. Okay. It's so fucking weird. <laughs> Is it in French? Find it. No, no, it's not. It's not in French. Well, maybe it's translated. Yeah, like I don't know who they paid to um, make this for them, but okay, I'll review the about us because it's it's a lot. This is my monologue. <laughs> we strive to make people from all walks of life feel welcome in our spaces. Whether you're a toddler who started eating solids businesswoman and business and woman are both capitalized a soccer dad 
or simply trying to score points on your Tinder date. We got your back. Weird. They're like, but if you were a QAnon shaman, you're not allowed to. <laughs> They're going with like the most. Like, I, I feel like they would let you in. <laughs> oh, yeah. I guess when you go like far enough left, you find the QAnon shaman. Well, I mean, I'm sure you know this. When I used to work at Prana, I think it's like their sister company. Green Panther used to cater our lunches. And like, we, I, I love working for Prana. Don't get me wrong. But we had to listen to Hare Krishna chants on repeat. Like Weird. while we work. That's interesting. Work environment. It was, it honestly, like it was like a really good job. The only reason I quit was because they moved off island. They moved where? Long they moved off island like to, to south shore oh the island of montreal yeah but like i like that job like they treat you really well there but green panther is different like it's it's a separate entity from prana where i work they're connected green panther sources their ingredients from prana and that they started off as one unit and then branched off but they're like i can see that this- but i didn't know that had a connection yeah, the story is that, like, because the founder of Prana and the founder of Green Panther, they were both in the Israeli military together. And, oh yeah, they met while there because, like, it's mandatory. You have to yeah, be in the military. And they're both very non-violent people. Yeah, that's how, like, they started off together. But, like, I love working for Prana. Like, um, the founder, like, Alan, like, he was the best, one of the best boss I've ever had. I loved yeah. him. I'll imagine. never forget, like, this time I worked at Prana, like, he, I got sexually harassed at work, and I didn't even think to, like, say anything. Like, Is I just thought, the, like. The S-A-L-A-D incident? The salad incident? Yeah, with Mia. Where, where someone asked if I ever had my salad tossed? Yeah, was that it? Yeah. Well, there was two times, but, like, I didn't report it. Someone else did, and Alan fired him on the spot this is like before me too way before this is like 2010 and uh another time a manager threw something at me in anger yeah like where did it hit you it was it was like it was an empty cardboard box but he threw it at me yeah alan like the owner took him to his office and said like this is your last straw like if you ever even like look at this girl wrong again you're out of here yeah. So I thought I thought that was cool. Yeah, good company. Cool. Yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> well, it's good when you have a boss that's on your side. Yeah, and he looked like Jesus, so that didn't hurt. Ooh, Israeli yeah. Jesus. He was cute. Yeah. Jesus was the king of Jews. Yeah, I say that every day. <laughs> <laughs> the chosen people. Yeah. Speaking of the Mediterranean. (laughs) (laughs) Should we dive right in? We We can dive right in, unless you have anything else that's on your mind. I don't know. Do you want to prompt me? Um, no. (laughs) (laughs) That gets me ready. That gets me going. (laughs) You're saying no. (laughs) That is honestly the theme of the episode. (laughs) (laughs) true no means maybe okay well let's get right into it we'll be right back after this break and we're back we're on episode three i feel like this episode is more definitive of all the other ones like of what the themes are 
like do you think that your car are in your face now pardon i feel like the themes are in your face yeah like undeniable yeah valentina storms sexually down the street it's my first note last episode she storms sexually down the stairs at the establishing shot did you notice that she gets her her little espresso and then gets mad at all the men in her because if she's an empowered female woman girl boss she is a girl boss i love her i love valentina exactly those old people need to get out of the way because you got a girl boss coming through yeah out of the way i'm gay like (laughs) yeah so the like opening shot was kind of just like everyone sort of waking up on the same morning and we have harper sort of in lingerie wanting to be desired and her being rejected we have she's uh, like trying to sex it up for ethan and it it doesn't work and that's that's interesting very sus he has no space for her right now and which is like like, you're on vacation boy like were you not expecting to fuck no that's it like that there's something going on Mm -hmm. but he has like either he's really turned off by her because of her behavior in the past few days he has and that he wants to he wants to punish her for it i think that could be it oh really why would i don't know that seems kind of (laughs) gay i know it does seem kind of gay and we'll get into it oh yeah gay things were happening this is a really gay episode yeah Uh, Don wakes up with the whores, and Greg yeah. is pa- Greg is packing his things while Tanya's comatose in bed. Hi. So I had thoughts about the Greg thing. So we remember, like, remember last season how he was sick? He was coughing all the time. Oh uh, yeah. Did we say well, know what that was? No, we don't know what that was. But like, do you think that maybe because they discussed the prenup on the previous episode that like. He is trying to do things to ensure that, like, whatever money he is getting in the prenup goes towards his children. That's interesting. He's trying to get his paperwork in order, whatever the saying is. Or he knows he's dying. But, like, because, like, remember when he was talking on the phone, it was, it probably wasn't a lover. It was, like, one of his kids. Mm -hmm. Based on what he was saying, he was, like, saying, like, I love you and stuff. But, like, he was just being, like, she doesn't know shit, blah, blah. And, like, I have a feeling, like, that he knows that he Can take is, advantage of her? Or, yes, that. And also that, like, he might not have much more time on this earth and that he wants his prenup to go to his kids. Interesting. But did he mention his kids this season? No. So I don't think that would happen. But he does have a character development other more than the other people because this is his second season, so. Yeah. The whores are making bang from Daddy Dom. But they might not for much longer because Dom is calling out. He doesn't want to do this anymore. I know, but it's like a struggle between his heart and his penis. (laughs) But I don't know. I'm just like more team like party it up. But I guess if he wants to, like, save his family for his kids, then he probably should stop. Or that, like, I think maybe Dom is realizing that, like, 
what landed him in this position to begin with that like the vacation was not supposed to be just him and the boys it was supposed to be with the family and that like his his choices made it so that like you know his wife is still in california with his daughter who are just like fully anti him his choices led him to this point well i think more so he's like confronted with the fact that he doesn't want to be like his dad well i mean i guess yeah we know we know enough that like his dad's implied that like he had like indiscretions in his marriage but he was like keep it nice and tight you know (laughs) i don't remember the son's name but i'm just calling him luigi from now on his name's lb (laughs) (laughs) luigi i like that Uh, Portia is sus about how nice Luigi is being. Do you agree? Is it too nice? I feel like it seems insincere. I don't think it seems insincere. If they would have cast someone that looked like that hot British boy in the pool, like maybe that would seem insincere. But he has like a really sweet face. I don't know. No, he's like, he's very attractive. My take, and I think that like what Portia's picking up on is that like when she's venting at him, he's not registering it. It's almost like he's tolerating it. The words she's saying are penetrating him. She needs that chloroform. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. She's just like such a buzzkill. Like, and they're on this vacation in Sicily. I would probably be the same way of like really pushing people to have fun. But that's just me ruining the vibe. I think it's like he has a bit of an inability to see her where she's coming from. That like yeah. uh, this isn't a vacation for her. She's at work. And her work is really unstable and feels very uncomfortable a lot of time. And that, that's where she's coming from. Mm-hmm. And he might treat this as an inconvenience and not just like actually yeah. a real person, like reacting to their work environment. But I also get the vibe that like Portia doesn't know what she wants. Of course. I don't think she knows what she wants either. But like, yeah, I, I feel like he is, he's, treating her gripes as an inconvenience to like what he wants which is just a girl to see him as like the good guy that he is i don't think he Uh, wants to smush necessarily i think he wants to be like a contrast to his father and his grandfather he wants to be like he's trying he wants to be like oh yeah if i do everything different from them i will get like results they didn't get which is like a girl to like genuinely love me it's so woke of my white to be in touch with the gen z culture the culture of it all but i said chamber pots is gonna jump off the cliff (laughs) (laughs) yeah because like what was the first episode tanya's like has anyone ever jumped off the cliff i don't think anyone's ever jumped off yeah exactly grandpa joe was giving us folklore clues like he's gonna be like the folklore kind of well, he wasn't even folklore. He was talking about like the movie The Godfather 2. No, one. oh yeah, but that was different. But there was some other like something else, but I don't think it, that's what I'm talking about. But yeah, I think, but I think his like role, I'm saying in this series or season, is he's going to be like the folklore, like touchstone. Yeah. Speaking of folklore, though, I did myself a disadvantage i forgot to i wrote in my notes but i forgot to look this up so you know in the intro sequence with all the imagery there's like a woman having sex with a swan yeah i wrote that i was in the first so episode, that I is was like, a myth okay. like that's a full-on myth in like roman culture it's the myth of Leda, and i didn't look it up i, okay, I well, will I was gonna say in the first episode i was like we learned that someone's gonna have sex with a goose 
Yeah, I know. I think that's why like it stuck with me. So okay, my homework for next app will be to find out have, what that if I could is do. About. <laughs> would would <laughs> would you smash? <laughs> smash a swan. <laughs> honk, honk. They're so vicious. Like gooses are related to to swans more than ducks. They're and, giving alpha energy. Well, they have like those like razor teeth that are like baleen teeth, like whales, so they can drink muddy water. And they'll like, they're so scary. They like literally own Stanley Park in the spring. It's terrifying. Yeah. There are signs like being like, Canadians are friendly, but Canadian geese are not. Please stay away. <laughs> like right on the cruise ships, people are going to be like, oh, wow, look, look at the, because there's like Canadian geese and they get really close. They're like, do not. So they will fuck you up. They can kill you. Can they? Have they yeah, ever? With their wing. They've killed me like three or four times, but <laughs> <laughs> I just keep respawning. Apparently, like on the shoot today, the location was supposed to be Kansas and usually windy. And I was like, and you were there. <laughs> <laughs> Toto. Yeah. Oh, Toto. So Greg says he doesn't love Tanya back. Did you pick up on yeah, that or is that just like normal I did. for you? No, I pick up on all of those kind of things. He is fully one foot out of this marriage. Exactly. He wants definitely, def- that's what I'm saying. This like solidifies it in this episode. We're definitely no arguing that. Uh, Tanya's crying. I would love to watch her act just sitting there like take after take and just seeing her like be all like constipated and bloated. <laughs> and like struggling to move she looks like an oil painting <laughs> like gone wrong <laughs> gone right seriously but yeah we right after that scene we see a testa de moro so yeah no we've seen a few uh testa de moros in this yeah. episode but you were saying that the legend is something to do with the woman's tears growing something mm-hmm. yeah so that was right after her crying so well, yeah, like in the, the original myth, the severed head becomes like a flower pot and that she waters it with her tears. Yeah. So it's like kind of like this like uh, regeneration from like heartbreak. Interesting. Interesting. I still haven't done research into that, but I need to look into it. I love Aubrey or like Harper giving, <laughs> trying to be nice. It's so campy. Oh my God. It's, it's kind of scary. It is, because it's so accurate. She's so good at it. Yeah, I haven't seen the movie Smile yet, but I think that's what the movie Smile was about. (laughs) Exactly. It's just scenes of, like, Aubrey Plaza (laughs) doing creepy smiles. Wearing a headband and smiling. (laughs) Exactly. I love that scene, though, when the... Speaking of Grandpa Joe and the mobsters, that whole, like, story of when they, like, exploded the wife's car. Yes. Have you seen The Godfather? I actually haven't, but I know that I did watch like a documentary on like the real thing that actually happened. And I know that that was like the main thing that like there's a woman's car that explodes. Yeah. I've only seen like that version of The Godfather. Like I think that's in the first one. I've, I don't think I've seen, there's like three of them of The Godfathers, right? There's three Godfathers. But this isn't, this is a real thing that happened. Yes, I think about like the Sicilian mob. It's like yeah, exactly. semi biographical. So let's take a break, and when we get back, we'll continue discussing White Lotus. All right. Welcome. 
Welcome back to the podcast, my shrimpy girls. <laughs> shrimpy girl, it's your world. <laughs> Where did we leave off? So we could talk about, I think what the most interesting part of this whole episode was, was the dynamic between like the two millennial couples. I think we got to learn a lot about them. Like about Cameron and Daphne and Ethan and Harper. And the whole thing about the girls leaving. Sorry to change the subject, but before we get into that, I just have one thing that I want to bring up. Okay, then you just tell me what you want to talk about. (laughs) Okay. So, Becky. Mm -hmm. Didn't you love the moment when Tanya was asking for a tarot card reader? Uh, That was amazing. I know. Uh, she's like can they do a house call <laughs> and then and, she's like i'm and like slurred the words like i'm gonna be i'm gonna be in my room all in one word it was amazing i thought that was really interesting but like we know like by that interaction that tanya is someone who does this often that she's the type yeah. of woman who seeks out psychics and stuff and obviously like this woman was too negative I love that. We can get into that, but you were bringing up a point earlier about literally freaking Daphne kidnaps Harper. But, okay, one note I want to make about the psychic is that Portia was wearing the shirt that was all these heads. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. I remember it was like a pop art thing. Yeah, it was like a pop art kind of shirt, but like I thought it, it was weird. Like it was like a weird choice for her to wear. And I was like, okay, it's like the continuation of the, like the disembodied head motif. I don't know how intentional that was, but that's a good read. I was just like, where's the sweater vest? Yeah, it's a sweater vest, like, version. But yeah, like, I think when we see Portia wearing literal, like, costume that, like, plays into the themes of the show, we have to know that she's an important character. She is noted. Oh, yeah, definitely things are very considered for sure and she's such like a write-off in terms of like the narrative it makes you like way more stuff about like how important she is and we just know that like how frustrated she is as a person she is stressed out she's so frustrated in like her life right now and that like she seems desperate yeah she's like i could kill a man (laughs) i could kill a greg exactly so Cameron apparently wants to get his hands on Ethan's money. We learned his motive, finally. Not only his money, but maybe other things. His cock? I think so. Well, he like, did he kiss his neck or something? His ear? He kissed, okay, I, I took a tally in my notes. He kissed <laughs> him three times. <laughs> really? Oh my yes. God. Hot. He kissed him three times this episode. Wow. He he wants that. He wants those sweet kisses. When also him low. kind of like, you know, uh, lubing him up with the idea of like cheating is fine in a marriage. When you when you have this level oh. of success, you're allowed to cheat. That's what he was saying the whole episode is that like there is once you reach a point of success, like it is justifiable. He did a really good job convincing me. Same. <laughs> I'm like, this seems really <laughs> like, fun. I know. It's like, yeah, that seems right. It seems like a good time. Like, I want to exactly. hang. 
Um, yeah. I just wanted you to do, I have like quotes for you to do in a Jennifer Coolidge impression. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a real world authentic, or a real authentic old world gypsy. A real world authentic gypsy. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah, can they do a house call? I'm going to be in my can room. They, can they do a house call in my, <laughs> in, in my room? It was so good. I just like am jizzing at all of the J. Cool footage. Yeah. I was watching with subtitles again. It's so funny. They actually put in the word tongue clicks when Luigi was talking to chamber pots. Like, <laughs> and I was like, really? imagining, I was imagining them being like, like, like that, like drag queen like, tongue pop. And then they do like a death drop. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. Who would say the house down? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he was, he, Luigi death drops in like the hallway of the White Lotus. <laughs> Everyone wakes up every time. Mount Etna explodes. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny though. Daphne is literally the one that calls Cameron. And then she's like, I think I have to go. Like, you called me, bitch. Well, we know why though. We oh, I know. Out. But it's just like so funny. Like, Bitch, you called me and then you say you have to go? It's so crazy. Yeah. But, no, okay. it's the power play and I love it. So, you know that scene where Harper, what's that town they're called? Like, Noto. And there's all those men like staring at her. Yes, that was scary. Okay, literally all those people are background extras and they're paid like my salary. That's my job. So I'm like seeing it from like that perspective. And then I was like, that is literally me in a holding right now. <laughs> like all those fans staring at her. Like, being a dude surprised. in a tank top, like, mm. Yeah, exactly. Being like, <laughs> surrounded by like straight men who are background extras. I'm like, wow, I can't believe it. I know like in the timeline of the episode, that's not, like she had not taken the edible at that point. But I was like, that is what taking edibles for me is like. It's true though. It's like, you know, it's like, is everyone staring at me? Does yeah. Know I'm high. Exactly. Like, I feel like this episode was really good at making me feel very endeared to Daphne's character. I, I feel like I love her. What? You don't love Daphne? She kidnapped Harper. Yes. Like, she's like a woman in control of her life. I feel like she is trying to play the game. I agree. But, but she's, more is- in, in, she's more in the game than Harper is. Harper doesn't know that she has to, like, actually play a game. Well, no one has to. I feel like with their relationship, they don't have to. But Well, the implication Daphne- is that when do, once you reach a status of wealth, you have to. That, Maybe, like, uh, well, but- that your marriages will be tested in ways you can't. Like, if you were, like, a regular person, your marriages won't be tested this way. <sighs> That's a hot take that Becky's well, seen. Because we've seen like this whole episode that you know, like this is like episode three is like when Harper shifts when she realizes that like she can't just be doing her same old bullshit. She can't just be snarky. She can't just be cold. She has to like actually like keep up with the Joneses, you know, for the first time. And then like Daphne's character affirms that like yes, no, this is true. Like your whole life, you have this crazy successful husband. If you like the status you have, you have to keep up with us. And and keeping up with us means that you have to just like keep sweet on some levels, but also maintain power balance. In terms of the folklore, I thought it was interesting because they're really pulling them down to the depths of hell. 
We'll see. Yeah. Well, I mean, like when Harper and Daphne were in that rented place together, it felt very like cold and scary and sad. Like that didn't feel inviting at all. Yeah. Like it felt, I didn't want to be there with them. I know. And so we get a a juicy shot of Ethan's bicep on the skidoo and it's all wet. Oh, the boys on the the skidoos were... Skidoos, uh, sea Yeah, skidoos. That's so funny. It's like as if they have like water. That was like definitely like a dick comparison moment. Oh, fully. Yeah, that was a dick comparing contest. Exactly. Or like a pissing contest. Is that what they said? I think that's um, what this is. Yeah. Yeah, the boys are going to fuck the whores and I'd watch. Oh, fully. Well, at the end of the episode, like it's. I didn't notice this at first, but like that Cameron does fuck Lucci in the background. Did you notice that? Um, is that so, when he's in the washroom? Yeah, so like Ethan's in the washroom and he's kind of trying to bail out. And Mia goes to him and tries to kiss him. He's kind of like, no. And then in the background, you see Cam and then Lucci's like riding him. Yeah, I didn't. I thought she was wearing panties though, but maybe she no, she. In. She wasn't. No, like, they, she was really naked. Well, you know, as a gay man, that's just not the stuff I'm watching. I'm not looking for that. I'm looking at Ethan's face. <laughs> and seeing if he's emotionally engaged. Yeah. Before that happens, I just want to throw this in because I think it's a great title of episode. When the, the boys meet the whores and find out she has Molly, uh, Lucia says, let's fun. And Cameron repeats it. That's going to be my mantra for this winter. Let's fun. Yeah, exactly. And then you drop acid. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, yeah, I actually have my notes too that it's a horror movie in this castle at night. Like, that's terrifying. Yeah. Um, I guess speaking of like taking pills though, do you remember back in like the scene with like um, Tanya and Portia that Portia stole Tanya's medication? No. That's, it, oh, it was yeah, really quick. Oh, yeah. So, oh, my God. Is that going to play a big role? Because that happened last season. Well, no. I think that maybe, yeah, like, Portia's either going to take her medication and get, like, totally fucked up by it or, like, drug Tanya with it. Maybe Tanya is one of the dead bodies. Think about that. <laughs> I hope. That's what I was saying. I hope not because I wanted her to be the rock of the thing, but it seems like it's pointing that way. Like, what if... Portia drugs her boss to the point where she has like she gets sick from it like and dies I'm just saying like what if like Portia wanted to kill Tanya yeah well I mean at the end of every episode we wonder who's killing whom. I just wanted to write well I guess like if she's taking Tanya's drugs away from her Tanya might go into withdrawal and do something crazy Interesting. The hot take spice. Why is it spicy? From <laughs> Becky. The only thing that I have left in my notes is Aubrey is calling Ethan and Ethan is about to cheat and he, so he doesn't want to pick up. And it's very uh, Lady Gaga telephone. Hello, mm. hello, baby. You call, I can't hear a thing. <laughs> I mean, okay, so the episode was called Bull Elephants. And do you remember like what Daphne said about that? Okay, I didn't know that they had episode titles. I'm just learning this. 
I think that it is like a, it's a good title for the episode because Daphne says this like monologue when her and Harper are together alone in Noto, like where it's about how the bull elephants are like the males that are. Oh yeah. That was a good monologue. It, it was really effective because like, I see where like she's coming from that she doesn't envy being a man. And cause like, you know how Harper said, she was like, last time I did edibles, I was on the floor and all I could say was like, I'm a woman. Oh yeah. It's, uh, yeah, exactly. Oh, that's really interesting. Like, yeah. I think it's really interesting because then like Daphne was like, are you happy to be a woman? Are you glad to be a woman? And, and Harper's like, I don't know. And she was like, I it's am. so weird because in the first, go on. in the first episode of the pod, all I could say is like Harper is a woman. Yes. Isn't that weird? The carryover. I know. It's like, I know. But, right. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think that like gender obviously plays a massive role. Like gender is like a character on this series. Like, yeah, I um, wish there was like a gay character. Well, th- there might be. We don't know. I think Ethan and Cam might be the gay characters. That would be so hot. Oh my god! I know. Play. I want that so bad. <laughs> oh my god! It's so funny. Like all us girlies are like jizzing over this. These two boys. I think Mike White knows what we want, and it is to see the boys make out. That would be, oh my God, Becky, you're so right. And I think it actually might happen. I know. I mean, like, Mike White knows what I want. Because it's true. It's like he he's bi. He knows that he's down. We need some bi representation. Yeah. No, we need some, like, boy on boy. But yeah, so. The conversation that the girlies have, which is about like them realizing that like once they both have this thing in common, which is that their spouses have achieved like success and that like at that point, they don't have control over them anymore. And I have have a question. Um, Is Harper successful? She's a lawyer. But Ethan is like, Ethan is like, I think he has a startup that was like crazy. And it broke through kind of. Yeah, like, uh, Ethan is, like, the breadwinner, even though they both work and obviously make money. Cameron references that in the beginning of the episode. He was like, I'm offended that you didn't include me. Remember that? He was just like, I wish, like, you had told me that you were going to be so big. Because he wanted to freaking cheat the stock market, insider trading. Exactly. Oh, that's it. And, like, and Ethan was like, I wasn't, like, legally allowed to. And he was like, little birdie could have told me. But that's with how a, he makes all his money is insider trading. And that's why he literally is bringing these fucking whores on vacation. And by whores, I mean Ethan and Harper. Yeah. Because he wants to be on the know. And that's, he's like, oh, I make people money. It's like, yeah, you make people money because you're fucking cheating the system. Yeah. Oh, I have somewhere in my notes. I made a note about, okay. So you remember like in the intro sequence, how there's like three um, circles? No. Okay. No. Um, okay, so in the, in the intro sequence, the shots they shoot to, like, of just, like, the, like... Yeah, yeah, Whatever. There's one point where they, like, show, like, three circles, like, hoop together, and they focus on it, like, a bunch of times. Okay, I'll um, have to look out for it. Okay, so Daphne says something when, like, her and Harper are together, like, pine edibles, where she was, like, She's like, you need to watch out for the dark triangle. Like, the dark triad is what she said. She was like, there is, Illuminati. like, a dark... 
yeah no it kind of is but she was just implying that like the like sign of darkness steeping into your relationship is the triad so that means like cheating on someone no i think she means like that like when you lose your partner to like the industry that they're part of that they will like you lose them forever potentially because like finance or whatever like I know Cameron's in finance I don't know what Ethan does but like that Daphne was saying like she was trying to like warn Harper there there's a dark triangle or triad I think I think she she used the word triad okay well I'll keep an eye out for that in the but they show in the intro sequence like a like a three circles which is a triad (laughs) is there anything else in your notes or that you wanted to discuss I don't think so. I think I got most of my notes out. Yeah. I think that Ethan and Cam are going to fuck. I hope so. I don't want to like say it because I don't don't want to jinx it. (laughs) I know. Same. (laughs) I'm just so happy if they do. I need that like just like representation on my screen. It's not gay if it's a three way. True. But yeah, always going to be excited for the next episode, I think. Did Jennifer Coolidge win an Emmy last time for this? I think so. I think she did for Best Supporting. Yeah. And that was the one that was like adamant that she won in the pod. But I think this was her another breakthrough moment for Jay Cool. This acting, I loved her in this episode. Me too. I did too. Yeah, she was really good in this episode. I know. Are we rooting for Portia and Luigi? What do we think about them? Luigi's Haunted Mansion. Oh, I love that. (laughs) I don't know. The verdict's still out on him. I think that he is overcompensating. But, like, he's the guy who has, like, a father who's cheated on his mother and then a grandfather who's a pervert. So, like, everything he does is informed by that. Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't think we know who he is yet. Well, th- that's exactly what I was going to say, is that the narratives, like, don't connect yet. And it's it seems, like, so disconnected right now. He seems really shallow to me. Yeah, but we know that it's all going to line up eventually, and that there's a reason that, like, we have Luigi and Portia. Well, I also think the conflict I see that will happen between Portia and Albi is that, like, he just, like, doesn't have sex appeal to her. Ooh, like, that's the empowered feminist take from Becky. But and, and then I can see him being like the incelly kind of guy, just not being able to like wrap his head around it, where he's like, I did everything right. Okay. Speaking of incel, there was uh, supposed to be Ethan who was the original incel, right? Right. Right. Yeah. And like I think Cameron is like forcibly trying to put him in situations to like be like, see, you're a sexy guy dick. the whole time. It's like you have it's like, let's get that dick wet. Yes, exactly. You know, like, um, the thing is, like, two straight guys want to have, like, a threesome together and just, like, watch each other. Yeah, like the situation. Yes, like Jersey Shore shit. Okay, can I just do something unrelated? Yeah. My ear (laughs) is filled with silicone. Oh, because you have the hole? Yeah, so I'm gonna, I want to... Ew! Oh my god, that's nasty. <laughs> do you own that or do you give it back? No, Peter, stop. 
Wait, do you have to get them back to the production? No, they're, it's just a, like, it's like glue and makeup. So it's just like custom made. They just put it in my ear and then it dries. Wow. Ew. Nice, nasty. Oh my God, you get high. It looks like a nipple, actually. Looks like your nipple. It like has a point. <laughs> Maybe we should screen caption that and put that on the pod. <laughs> Delicious. Okay, well, I feel like we covered everything. Is there anything else you wanted to mention? I don't think so. I think in my for next well, episode, I want to like look deeper into like the imagery and like the intro sequence okay. and like the swan fucking that lady mm-hmm. thing. Well, one thing I wanted to mention was mentioned I mentioned it a bit earlier, but Aubrey is giving the eye to the sexy British boy in the pool. You mean Portia? Yeah. No, not Portia Harper. Oh, was it hard? Oh, no, it was Portia. You're right. Okay. So she, that actually validates a lot of your, um, <laughs> your points, which obviously <laughs> didn't need validating because you're a woman and you're empowered and you're correct. And I'm always right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that happened. And it's so funny because, yeah, when you're vacationing anywhere in Europe, there's going to be those British fuckboys everywhere. Yeah. Um, Cameron is a psychopath. It's very giving very um, American psycho vibes. Oh, totally. He is full on like Christian Bale psycho. Christian Bale. Yeah, exactly. And same. Well, I'm sure he's the ones that Daphne was mentioning about like his friends. Those are like the full on ones. Yeah. But like, well, I think she knows that he is like on his way. Oh yeah. I mean I feel like he is there, but like Daphne doesn't want to. I think he is too, but like he also seems like a good time. Like he seems like a fun hang. Like I would want to like I like I like that he does care about the other person having a good time. He no, I he weirdly enough seems like a like someone who'd be like good to have sex with. I'm (laughs) also that audio clip to AJ. I'm just kidding. Uh, I don't even know. I'm not as attracted to Cameron as I am to Ethan because he's Cameron's too pretty. I agree. Ethan is almost like too like me for me. I need like a I need a guy. Need a man. Like I need confidence. I hate I hate lack of confidence. I find it not attractive. Mm -hmm. But that's definitely Harper's. She gets off on his lack of confidence, and maybe that Ethan is kind of developed. Well, no, I think she used to, but in this context, she doesn't, and that's okay. what they're discovering now on vacation. Yeah, is that, that's like, kind of exactly. They're not feeling attracted to each other, and she has to like one eighty it. It's the power roles have changed, and that's sort of what yeah. the attraction levels have changed, or whatever. And also, I think like when you get into like the power play of it all, like that the wife of the hyper successful man has to become a different version of herself she has to be like, a prime oh yeah like a socialite kind of trophy yeah no she it. has to be like someone who's worth fighting for and like because yeah. harper realized that she was a fucking like banshee before you know like yeah. just so unlikable to like not only her partner but to her guests and all that stuff and like now she's trying to revisit all of it and do it over again and ethan's not into it she's <laughs> Harper's like, let's fun. 
Well, I think it's not a coincidence that her name is Harper and like Harpy. That's what I was saying at the first episode. It was like the verb harp. Yeah. And yeah, it's not a coincidence. She's wearing black. It's not a coincidence that uh, Chamber Potts is wearing the head shirt. Like everything's considered. This is cinema. This is theater. Yeah. That's the way literary devices work. Like nothing's going to be brought up without it tying into something. Exactly. I went, I took like a level one film class. <laughs> I did. I have an arts degree. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's coming in handy. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Uh, but yeah, definitely one of the more fun episodes, a bit more wild. Yeah. I feel like we're halfway. We might, we might only have like six episodes or something. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We appreciate you guys listening, all of our shrimpies. Yeah, we love y'all. We love y'all. Have a good night, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. The Shrimp Cocktail Podcast is created, produced, and edited by Becky P. and Peter B. Find us on social media at Shrimp Cocktail Podcast and on Twitter at Shrimp Podcast. A big special thanks goes out to Catherine at Camp Pat for our cover art and AJ at Grief.Jerky for our theme song. Please catfish us at shrimpcocktailpodcast at gmail.com and we would love to hear from you. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love Shrimp Cocktail, be sure to follow us on Patreon for exclusive episodes and more. Bye!